Welcome to The Top, the podcast that provides you with what you need to succeed in the real estate world. Brought to you by the Collin County Association of Realtors. Here comes the man who has toured Joint Chiefs of Staff, launched nuclear missiles, and reported to Ross Perot, CCAR's 2020 President, David Long. Hello, this is uh, David Long, your 2020 President of the Collin County Association of Realtors. Welcome to The Top, our podcast for today, and uh, my trusty co-host, Jonna, is unable to join us, but have no fear, our topic today will quickly distract you from her absence. I am especially excited to get going with our two guests today. The first person we will be speaking to is Bill Mulcazian. Bill is the Chief Advocacy Officer and Senior Vice President of the Advocacy Group at the National Association of Realtors. Yeah, now I know you have a multitude of responsibilities. Can you give us a quick overview of what all it is that you do? Well, thank you, and thank you for having me uh, join you today. My title with the National Association of Realtors is called Chief Advocacy Officer. So in, in a simple term, how what this means is I oversee basically all of the political programming of the National Association of Realtors. So that includes the realtor party programming, the lobbying programming, the policy programming, and pretty much the political action pack activities. Uh, I oversee about 70 employees that are in the Washington office. Of course, we're virtual now. We have been since March. My responsibilities are making sure that all of our activities in the political arena, both on the policy side, the PAC side, the realtor party side are, are administered. And of course, I report directly to Bob Goldberg, who's the CEO. Right. And, you know, this this year, for many years, we have seen how important this advocacy is from the NAR level down to the state level here in Texas, and even down to the local level. We have a very active advocacy program here at uh, Collin County Association. For those listening, can you explain what the Realtor Party is? Sure. I get asked that question a lot. People look at it and go, what the heck? Does the NAR have a political party? I thought we were purple, not you know blue or red. So the idea of the term realtor party really actually connotates sort of a uh, political grouping of our members for the purpose of promoting advocacy. So let me explain how it works. The realtor party really has three principles to it. One, we want you to vote. We want you to act. That's like respond maybe to a call to action. And we'd like you to give, vote, act, invest, or, you know, give to the political action committee, which gives to candidates who are realtor party champions. So the realtor party really is sort of like, it, it is member driven. It is internal. It is not external. When we go up on the hill in D.C., we don't say realtor party because there is no realtor party. It's Democrat, Libertarian, Independent, and Republican. So it's an internal driven program getting our 1.4 million members to participate in the political process at the local, state, and national level. Uh, the program is probably now 15 years old. It started right around 2008, a little less than actually, actually before that, five, six, when Dale Stinton, the CEO, came on board before Bob Goldberg, who dedicated some reserve dollars to create this program so that our local associations of states could work collectively with NAR to become more efficient in advocacy. So technically, it's about 10 years old next year. It started with a $40 dues increase that NAR created 
in 2012, which was very controversial at the time, but it now funds a lot of programs that are very good for you at the local level, trade base at the state level, and of course us at the federal level. So along with uh, the Realtor Party, we also have the and the Realtor Action Committee, commonly called RPAC. RPAC's, uh, yes. with this funding, you know, RPAC is so important and constantly pressing forward to protect the real estate industry and working to create a vibrant business environment. We rarely stop and appreciate the past victories won by RPAC. Can you talk about some of those past victories that real estate professionals might not be aware of today? Well, I think if you start to think about just the reality of what we're living in right now, if you want an example of the most powerful victory we've probably had in this very dangerous pandemic time is that NAR basically for the first time in the CARES Act and the HEROES Act that was passed by Congress in March of this year actually got folks who are considered independent contractors of, uh, eligible for pandemic unemployment assistance. And so many of the programs that traditionally have gone to employees and or employers were actually for the first time provided to people who are small business people and particularly independent contractors. We also passed the PayPEC protection program, of which many of our members participated in getting a life loan. Uh, and now we're also working to get those loans forgivable for 150000 or less in the next set in the upcoming Congress that's dealing with it right now. So when you think about all of the things that NAR has done in the past, flood insurance, we're the lead group in flood insurance, tax reform, we were the lead group in tax reform. And then you move it down to the state level, and at the state level you have what are called constitutional amendments. Uh, your issue, I know, in property taxes and appraisal were big issues in Texas. Yes. Uh, license laws at the state level. And then you drive it down to the local level, and there you deal with zoning, and you deal with a lot of subdivision ordinances and regulations that deal with uh, permitting. So at all three levels of the organization, the PAC plays a significant role in electing what we call realtor party champions. And who those folks are are people like you and me who want to run for office. They're interviewed by the members at the local state level uh, and also at the national level and are rewarded, obviously, with our support which is both member support, asking our members to vote for these folks, and contributions which go to both sides of the aisle, by the way, both Republican and Democrat. And it's pretty much a 52-48 type uh, division of the dollars, depending on which power, you know, committee is a political party is in power. So right, right. Uh, we are the largest business political pack in the country and very proud of it and participate. Yeah, I saw on the Hub or somewhere yesterday the letter that NAR sent to the congressional leaders on, on the stuff you're talking about coming up. Yeah, it was very and good. And so that, that, is a, that is a very big role that we play. I think many of the things you see in that letter are going to be adopted by the Congress in this next round between now and August 15th. Yeah, and you mentioned the um, unemployment for independent contractors. I know here in Texas and probably a lot of other states, uh, the unemployment benefits programs had to make some very quick adjustments to be able to handle that. Oh, yes, yeah. they did. Yeah. Yes, they did. They were working on, it's sort of interesting because I overview all the states, but there were many states, their software programs were so old that they couldn't find people to actually adjust the software in the unemployment comp. So, yes, a lot of states made a lot of changes, 
you know, there was some frustration in the beginning, but right now uh, I would say it turned out very, very well, even though people didn't get their money for potentially up to 10 to 12 weeks. Right. Well, I think all across the board, people had to react very quickly. And uh, I think realtors did a very good job of that. I do too. And I think that and the uh, Paycheck Protection Program, uh, we had a number of our large firms uh, take advantage of it. But more importantly, we had many, many, many thousands of firms that took loans. And those loans were uh, all under $100,000. And they were the lifeline to keep it going for 30 to 45 days. Yes, I can believe it. So if someone wanted to get involved with the Realtor Party, what should they do? Well, that's a great question. And I would say it always starts where you are. It starts at the local level. And that is, is that I've always believed I was the CEO of the Wisconsin Association for 35 years. So I was the Travis Kessler. So I have a great deal of experience of how states and locals work before I went to NAR. And uh, I would say that the best way to get involved is at the local level. You start at the local level by learning about the programs, the PAC, the Government Affairs Committee, the Political Action Committee. And as you get exposed to those, you volunteer to participate in those programs to, you know, make them effective. So that's one side. The other way to do it, obviously, is to uh, contribute to the PAC. Uh, Another way is to make sure you vote for the candidate of your choice. And another way is to respond to uh, call to actions by your local, state, or national association to communicate on issues uh, working with elected officials. I would say that if you can contribute to the PAC, uh, be responsive to call to actions, and simply become involved, which I think is a, you know, a little greater step, that would basically say you're part of the Realtor Party. Stepping back just a second, you had mentioned uh, flood insurance. Can you yes. give some specifics on what you've done in regard to flood insurance? Well, basically, you wouldn't have a flood insurance program if it wasn't for the Realtors. The realtors helped many years ago to create the program, but more importantly right now, we help find ways to fund it and we make sure it is funded and operational. And as you know, and this is where I think realtors oftentimes don't give the benefit to the trade association because they basically look at a transaction and they sort of go, I'm putting the deal together, but they don't something, I'll come back to the flood in a minute. But they don't oftentimes understand that the form they're using, you know, was created with cooperation of government by the uh, trade association. They don't oftentimes don't understand that the lending, somebody getting a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is because we support the GSEs to make sure the 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is available. So they don't sometimes look at that. They don't look at like FHA and realize that we help create the down payment programs that tie with uh, FHA. And then as far as Flood insurance is concerned, you're in a flood zone, you can't get a mortgage. And if the program doesn't work, and there's not a lot of private flood insurance available, your customer isn't going to get an opportunity to get into housing. So right. our job is to make sure that program is funded, extended, and available so that when people want to buy a home that's in a flood zone uh, and required to have flood insurance, they have a product available. Because if you take that program away, I can tell you that it can be a very perilous thing for folks to get into housing. Right, right. Yeah, over the years, I've, I've participated in, in more than one calls for actions with regards to the upcoming flood insurance issues. You know? Well, it's coming due again September 30th, but we feel very confident that it will be extended into next year. So, uh, unfortunately, we don't like the six-month, one-year type approach. We'd like something stronger, but 
there's oftentimes debate between states like Louisiana and New Jersey who use it a lot more and are fearful that the pricing is going to go higher. Mm-hmm. So there tends to be resistance. So the solution tends to be short-term extensions. Right. Okay. Well, it's, you know, it's fantastic. Uh, I know you're very busy, so we'll let you go for get back to your work today. And uh, thanks so much for joining us, Bill. So we'll continue our conversation with Trey Bates, Vice President of Government Affairs for the Texas Realtors. Can you tell us about your work and how it relates to the Realtor Party? Absolutely. Well, the great thing about what we do at Texas Realtors and how it relates to the Realtor Party is we're all tied together. We're all part of the same system and we're all heading in the same direction. So uh, he probably mentioned the, the different levels of the organization where we have the national, the state, and the local level. Yes, we did about how we uh, all work together. And NER is the focus is mostly on the federal side. While at the Texas realtor level, we focus mostly at the state level and do a lot of support work at the local level as well. So that's kind of the positioning we are. But as he may have mentioned, we're, we're the realtor party and the realtor party is not party preferential. It's not Republican or Democrat. It's about the realtor party and about realtor issues. And we carry that same thought process through what we do here at the state level as well. That's right. And, um, you know, there's so much work that's done in the public policy arena. And we only tend to look forward and look at the what's happening right now, which obviously right now, there's a lot of important things going on in that area. But also, we want to look back a little bit at the RPAC, TREPAC victories that sometimes uh, we take granted for today. Do you have a moment to tell us some of the state-level victories that Texas real estate professionals may not be aware of? You know, David, that's a really great question because we always hear about the big uh, headline-grabbing stuff like property tax reform, ending forced annexation, and solidifying our constitutional ban on real estate transfer taxes, which are, are the big ones. But we do a lot of extremely hard work behind the scenes to support real estate issues or or pro-real estate bills. And we also even oppose legislation that would be harmful to real estate consumers. And sometimes it's just real estate. For example, our support has even gone beyond real estate-specific issues in helping voters understand their ballot. You know, we believe voters deserve transparency on their ballot. So we supported a, a bill in 2017 that helped to end voter confusion about how propositions appear on their ballot. So think about how you'd see signs everywhere that say, oh, vote for Prop 1 or vote no on Prop 3. And you'd see those all over your community. But then you'd show up at the voting booth and you'd see that there are several Prop 1s from the state, the city, and the county. And which one would, were those signs talking about? So the law in 2017 helped us to change the way those propositions are labeled to where statewide propositions are just labeled by numbers, Prop 1, 2, and 3. Local propositions would be named with letters, Prop A, B, or C. That helped voters better understand the differences between state and local propositions and not having two Prop 1s on the same ballot and confusing them. That's just one of them. I can go on and I can say, you know, we also fight to ensure bills that also never see the light of day. So back in 2017, we also fought bills that would change the current title insurance marketplace because if those bills were to pass, it would have raised the cost of title insurance for real estate buyers. And then also in 2019, 
we fought hard to ensure that those and amendments that would mandate sales price disclosure wouldn't even get snuck into an amendment on a bill. And so we constantly are fighting those issues. And then that's just something we always do on behalf of our members. Yeah, you know, at, at some of the national NAR events, I get to sit next to or visit with uh, realtors from other states. And I get to brag a little about Texas and not no transferred fees and that kind of stuff. They just roll their eyes. <laughs> Because of the good work we've done here in Texas, you guys have done, and so on. Uh, and and well, I know it's good work that we've all done. Yeah, I know. Um, I guess it's a little over a year ago now, or a year and a half ago, you got to testify before the uh, Texas legislature. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I got the fortune of being able to testify on behalf of Texas Realtors as their chairman this last spring during the last legislative session in 2019. There was a bill followed by Michelle Beckley out of the Dallas-Fort Worth region, and she uh, filed a sales price disclosure bill, and it was pretty much a straight-up sales price disclosure bill, mandatory, that every transaction would have to be disclosed to the state and then shared publicly. So that has always been a public policy position we were against. We believe strongly in privacy of information for individuals in a private transaction. And since there is no transfer tax, there's no reason to collect the data. And so, therefore, we fought that bill, and we actually won on that case. That argument we made was it's not the easy button to solve all the problems that the state has with property taxes, and they already have good access to information. And even in the commercial arena, sales price is not the end-all, be-all on uh, commercial property valuations because we all know commercial properties are valued on their income, not the final sales price. So that was a great conversation to have with the legislature. We won the day and we will continue to fight against sales price disclosure in our future efforts too. So, you know, next year we have the next legislature coming up, Texas legislature coming up with the COVID experience and the oil downturn that we had for a little while. I would expect you guys and all the realtors are going to be very busy going into next year. I think as of yesterday, it looks like the uh, comptroller came out with a notification that the state budget will have a $4.6 billion deficit. So that's going to be looming large as we enter this next legislative session. One, to shore up the budget from the last biennium, and then two, to look forward into the next budget cycle. And that'll be a, a strain on everyone about how we solve these financial problems. And so real estate typically gets attention during this time because it's a, an option that most people want to consider with regard to a transfer tax, which we just discussed earlier. We have a constitutional ban. That doesn't mean it can't ever come back up again. So we'll always have to keep fighting that battle, but it makes it very hard for it to come back up. But on top of that, property taxes will have pressure. And what we do with sales taxes, do we expand the base? Do we change how we formulate some of those taxes and fees to be able to have the revenues to support the state and or the uh, public education costs that the state is responsible for? So it'll certainly be a problem for us to deal with, but we will be vigilant and making sure that there will be no harm done to real estate because that's one of the things I had a recent conversation with some of our state leaders is real estate has always led us out of economic downturns. And it's very important to not do harm to real estate. So even in times of strain, an unfettered real estate market will always help us out of an economic slump and help us build into a stronger future. 
And so do no harm to real estate is the message. As you know, as a real estate professional and, and homeowner myself, I'm truly appreciative of all the work that you can do. How do we, well, I know we keep working on getting the message out to Texas real estate agents in general. And how do we keep promoting that message? Well, there's a number of things we can do to, as members of the real estate community to help what we're trying to accomplish in Texas here. First thing, and we've just gone through some primaries, just to vote. Make sure you turn out to vote. This is a great opportunity to protect our consumers and also our industry by electing pro-real estate candidates. Another thing is to get advocacy updates on your phone and sign up for our Realtor Party mobile alerts. If you text TX Realtors to 30644, you'll be able to get on our mobile alerts and be updated constantly on our advocacy updates. And then just also to be engaged. As a member of the organization, we offer Realtor Day at the Texas Capitol. And depending on what happens with how the legislature operates this next session and if COVID continues to have an impact on it, we may or may not have a face-to-face uh, Realtor Day at the Capitol. But if we do, please come out and show the elected officials your support for our realtor positions. It's a very valuable tool, and I think most people who have the opportunity or take the opportunity to participate in it really come back saying, man, I'm so glad I did that because it really helped them understand what happens at the Texas Capitol impacts their business. And so that's another thing they can do, as well as just making sure you help the voter uh, process by maybe being a deputy voter registrar and help people to register to vote and make sure that people's voices are heard in the political process. We always love having volunteers get involved in our committees, so please sign up for committees. It may be a little late in the process this year, but if you haven't done it yet, look into doing it next year. We'd love to have our members drive our policy decisions. And if you're involved in or enjoy politics, we'd love to have you uh, participate in our committees. But that's kind of the key element is just member involvement for us. Yeah, I I thought of one more thing I'd like to just bring up. Uh, With the COVID, the governor declared it a disaster. So that with the new property tax, cities and so on, could go beyond the, what is it, three and a half or four percent uh, limit? You know, does it, have you been hearing any talk around the state of cities deciding to go above that? There are some cities that have exercised their option to consider a calculation of up to eight percent of an increase on their total revenues. Uh, at this point, no one has taken actual action on rate setting yet because they're still in the early stages of that process. So none of the locals have finalized their rates because we're just finishing the valuation process and just starting a look at budgets. But some have exercised the right to instruct staff to do a calculation of update percent. Now, that has certainly raised a lot of concern with our state leaders who said that was not the intent of the bill to have the emergency action to be able to go back to the previous rate of 8% maximum before a uh, election is required. But some have exercised that they may have that opportunity to do so under this COVID pandemic issue. So it's still yet to be determined, David, to see how that will be handled. Our hope is that considering the situation that our state is in, an economic deficit, and most municipal and local governments are also feeling the strain, there's going to be pressure to raise revenue. But also remember that the taxpayers are the ones paying all those bills, and they're all going through the same situation. So I'm hoping level minds will come to the table and be reasonable about how this happens. 
just because they may decide that they have the legal right to increase revenue by 8% is that the smart thing to do when everyone's struggling. So I really pray that that's where our leaders go across the state when they're thinking about their budget. Uh, thank you a lot for taking the time to talk to us today. You know, we appreciate it. Well, David, it's been a pleasure to always speak with you, and I'm glad to join you guys on this podcast. And if there's anything I can ever do to help you all, always reach out. We are here to support our members. Thanks for taking time to talk with us today, Trey. And for those listening, thanks for hanging out with us once again. If you have a question or a topic you would like us to discuss on the podcast, we want to hear about it. Email us at ask at welcometothetop.com and listen to hear it covered. We really can't wait to hear from you. Thanks for listening. And until next time, don't forget to call before showing. Special thanks to our hosts, Jonna Fernandez and David Long. Our audio engineer, Garrett Holton. Outreach and guest relations manager, Kendall Crawford. Podcast administrator, Sean Offsall. And producer, Bree Westbury. Tune in next time and don't forget to enjoy your journey to the top. The statements by speakers in this podcast do not necessarily represent the views or position of the Collin County Association of Realtors, its leadership, or its members. This podcast is not intended to give legal, financial, medical, or other advice, but simply to provide information as a springboard to further discussion and investigation.